Hello and welcome to episode six of season four of The Three Amigos. I'm Kylie, your host for today, as our regular host Don is off on international break. I'm joined, as always, by my amigo Mars and our friend and honorary amigo Hindo Monkey. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome all. Looking forward to being a part of it as always. Welcome and thanks, Monkey, for stepping in for the injured uh, or our international duty, Don. Good to have you on, mate. Always happy to help an Irishman in need. (laughs) That's very thoughtful of you. So we'll begin our show with the brief review of the game week, even though that feels like it was so many centuries ago now. But anyway, um, so the top amigo this week was by a technicality. I just want to point that out. Um, But it was Hindu monkey. Which means it's not which means it's not gay. When she says that, it means she wasn't on top. She came second. What's the technicality? <laughs> well, a technically minus speaking, yes, technically speaking, <laughs> I had a better score than you, but I took a minus four. It's so. always funny when my so point you didn't. gets proven only when it helps people that you should yeah, only count, you count the points that you take. Forget about the hit. That's your team. The hit comes out of your overall. Forget no, about it. But it's people like don't listen. on the one hand, I'm I'm trying to be like you know chill about the whole thing and oh he had a great score without uh, minus four but I'm actually secretly or not so secretly because we're recording on a pod but resentful so you know it, it's just in there anyway Hindu monkey got sixty yes I did um, despite only really getting kind of three and a half returns that was um, mainly due to uh, Sterling um, uh, delivering a um, you know a goal and some bonus as captain. Uh, Salah obviously doing magic uh, in a haunting 7-2 defeat. Um, but clearly the star of my team this week was me holding um, St Maximin for no reason other than the fact that I couldn't take even more hit to remove him so I thought I'd best just leave him in there and obviously he uh, he rewarded me this week with a with a fantastic performance um so uh yeah uh, scraped to 60 despite the continued failures of my front line of Adams and Werner but more of that later I'm sure <laughs> I have to say as one of the many many people who took a four-point hit to get rid of St Maximin for potence who was still <laughs> technically on a net minus one, uh, and then not even factoring in St. Maximin's returns. That hurts so much. Yes. Um, okay, well, so second but mostly first is myself <laughs> on 63 minus a hit. Um, so this was absolutely my best game week. In fact, it was uh, double last week's woeful well not last week but the previous game week's woeful score um I had Rodriguez who was obviously fantastic with what 80 18 points uh McCarthy again when I don't watch him play football he keeps clean sheets which is miraculous uh who else I had Sice come in with I believe eight points thank god um and then Salah and Trossard with what absolutely wasn't an assist, but was a glorious 
extra few points for me and a transfer that worked. So all in all, I was delighted and it was a green arrow, 4.8 to like 3.7 million. Woo. Mars. So, yeah, 49 points. Um, I mean, it was it was all right. Nothing special. My, my, I don't even look at my – I think I'm, like, just under um, two, so what, about 1.9, but it's honestly irrelevant. I look at my overall and uh, – it's a, You say that because it's glorious in this current company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a blatant dig. That's yeah. a brag. Finance, That's such yeah, a brag. Kylie. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> 200, 212 points. Um, I, I wanted to be – like, everybody, you know, I wanted to be – everybody wanted to be averaging 60 points per game week, so 240. I'm at 212, so it's, under, it's, it's a bit below – uh, I'm still yet to get a goal from one of my strikers, uh, but I don't know what that is uh, right now. I think the most I've got is an assist. Um, took Martial out for Jimenez, which turned out to be okay after all—a point game. Sorry, sorry, Kylie. <laughs> I know you, 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 you stuck with the, with Anthony. Um, and to be honest, my the, the annoying thing for me is that it's the captain failure. So after two good starts, especially the first one with Salah and then Aubameyang doing all right. Uh, it's been two, two, two in a row now, Captain Blanks. But I wouldn't change my decision. It was always going to be KDB at home. It was always going to be KDB against Leeds because I felt that that would be a more open game versus that disaster at Villa. And in a way, I was right, but KDB couldn't finish and City couldn't finish. And um, yeah, I mean, congrats to Salah captains who are not Liverpool fans because it's a win-win situation for them, especially if they're a Villa fan. Can you imagine your team winning and Salah getting a brace for you? So fair play. Uh, yeah, we you know we move on and see what happens. But um, yeah, hopefully build on now after the the break. We all know. Let, let's just get it out now. Timo Werner scoring a brace because we all took him out. We all know this, right? It's gonna happen. So we might as well just deal with it now. Probably Che Adams might score if we bench him as well because this is how it's going. Actually, interestingly, there's a question and let's we Calm can down. quickly no, touch on we it. Can come to that. Later, you're jumping the gun. We've got all. No, no, no. Other. I was going to say. I was going to say there was a question. There was a question about uh, zombie teams. So just quickly, do you guys think now with the fact that Phil was talking about he left Maximilian uh, in in his team because he couldn't be bothered? Do you think had you kept your team without any changes, you would be on more points? Um, uh, well, well I, I took out Son, so that alone mm. <laughs> killed me. I took exactly, out yeah. after game week one, so that's what. How many goals is scored? Three. Um, so so the answer is yes, right? But yeah. the thing is, if you ask yourself, would you change any of the decisions? I, I don't know if any of us have made knee-jerk re- reactions. I, I didn't. I'm happy with the decisions Hodens that I made. I just picked the wrong place. Hodens has not worked out well. But that's yeah. probably the only one that I would say has yeah, been... But that, that's like been unlucky. Son is the only decision I, I regret. Um, I've made four transfers so far this season um, with various suffles and, and Son is the only one I regret. But I'm do you not, regret because of this point? Or do you regret no, 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 because... I regret it. I regret it because um, it wasn't my original plan. My yeah. original plan was um, Werner for Martial, which despite Martial being blanking and then getting sent off would still inexplicably have been a miles better transfer removing um uh you know what i did um son for yeah. rashford yeah. which is which is ridiculous but that was it was the fact that i deviated from my original plan and that, yeah, that was very frustrating actually to mimic what you're saying there um quite quite the same my worst decision was removing um Ings for Martial after game week one and not because 
necessarily because I brought in Martial, but because I had the choice to remove Ings, who was a reliable known asset, instead of uh, Werner, who was not. And I could have done that. And obviously, Martial wouldn't have worked out anyway. But if I'd removed Werner instead of Ings, which I had set up a scenario to be able to do, things would have been a lot better over the previous few weeks. Yeah, yeah my only regret, to be honest, is not sticking with my gut on Timo Werner and Chelsea in general. Um, and I know we're going to touch on Chelsea later. But my, my, my first reaction was, you know what, wait for them. Wait to see how he settles. Wait to see how they play, especially with the fact that some of the players did not... Um, have a, a lot of um, pre-season and, and some of the main players were injured. But I, I got uh, scared with his ownership, I guess, and tried something and just stuck with it. So that's, that's my only regret. Anyway, but that was actually a question from FVL4 at United Fan 96. So thank you. I thought it was an interesting one to, to, to throw out now whilst we were discussing our scores and, and our thoughts so far. But yeah, okay. cool. Righto. So we'll, we'll get the, the homework piece out of the way. And I have to say apologies in advance for any mispronunciations because you have me and one of my co-hosts knee deep in our cups at the moment. So this could end badly. Um, <laughs> but in first place in the Three Amigos FPL Classic League is Lewis Brown and his team Brown Burn Rovers. That was fine. Um, then we've got Harsh Pandaya with FPL Mumbai, uh, Will King with Dr. Ziyech, Dr. Ziyech, um, Georgie Bosinov, BG, BG, sorry, with uh, Degetto, Degetto, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's better than done so far, to be fair, so you do it well. Yeah. And I'm apologising. I feel like I'm doing it nicely. Um, Andrew King. Yay, Andrew. Um, Knockheart blow. Um, <laughs> okay. So we'll move quickly on to our rant of the week. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a moth rant? Is it a moth rant? Hmm. Oh, my God. And is it needed? Got triple, triple whammy here. Right. Let's start. Let's start by the first. It's all about greed, by the way. Yeah. fourteen ninety five to watch a, a game after you pay for BT and Sky is absolutely ridiculous. The people, people who say, oh, but you pay 15 quid to watch your team, they miss the point. We are in the middle of a pandemic. People are losing their jobs. People are on furlough. People don't have wages. People have families to feed. If they went for a five to seven pounds, you will get a lot more viewers in. Absolutely no way I'm paying 15 quid to watch any game in this situation with no fans. Because you know what? It's already rubbish. So you may, And to pay for it on top of that is ridiculous. Now, let's go on the second one. Internationals. I mean, FIFA, UEFA, all the nations that agreed to it, England, everybody, the FA. What an absolute load of bollocks. It's a flipping pandemic. And you're sending people traveling. I thought, fine if you drove by car, but you're traveling across the world. And look at the amount of injuries. By the way, everything I'm saying is... In, in a way has an impact on FPL because watch, you know we all love to watch football now we have to pay 15 quid for it yeah why these internationals a lot of our players are getting injured but this is FPL is nothing think about the human aspect of it these people have families these people have friends they're all mixing together absolute rubbish this bubble malarkey now the last one I don't know enough about it but this project breakaway or project takeover whatever it is listen I don't have anything wrong to say about the Liverpool owners they see us as a business and that's absolutely fine they've delivered I don't have much to say about the Glazers. They are absolutely rubbish. However, 
leave the clubs alone, leave the Premier League as it is, because we love it as it is. This is why we love it, because out of the 20 teams, anybody can be everybody and everybody should be equal. Like I said, I don't know enough about it, but all I know is the big fan groups from every club, big or small, have stood together and said, back off. So listen to them. Maza. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a Margaret? Is it a Margaret? Okay, so we'll move on now to our round table. Um, okay, so there's kind of one big thing to, to talk about. and That's really, we keep saying over the last number of weeks, what a crazy start to the season it's been. But genuinely, have we ever seen the likes of what Game Week 4 delivered? The guys have alluded to it. All of you who are listening have undoubtedly watched it, but it was mayhem beyond anything. We saw West Ham absolutely slam dunk the Foxes to deliver a 3-0 win, which more bizarrely follows their massacre of the Wolves the week before. And then it's like United and they're all, hold my beer, you know. We've got a red card from Martial. Bruno hooked at a halftime, a 6-1 decimation by Spurs. Okay, courtesy of our new assist machine midfielder maestro, that is Harry Kane, and then not so injured son. What the hell? And then, because it can't even, like, you know, we think it can't get crazier, but then nothing compares to the mind boggling 7 2 loss of Liverpool, the champion. I've lost, I've lost, I've lost, wait for it. (laughs) Aston Villa. I, I, I can't hear you, Kylie. Hello? I know I you're hear, trying to tune hear. it out and pretend it never happened, but it did. It happened. Like, it is It is still the most insane day of football that I think any of us have probably ever watched. And it could I have know, been 14-2 and it would have been fair to Villa. Let's yeah, be honest. Ab- absolutely. And, I mean, we're, we're going to get to the, the, the different things that happened, right? But that was a massive, insane game week of results, right? So we we kind of have to take some of that with a pinch of salt because there was definitely some crazy there. But what I think we can all agree, and this is what we want to discuss, is that while some of the results of last game week were maybe a level more extreme than, than what we've seen over the previous four, we've certainly seen some slightly crazy results, unexpected results perhaps, over the last four where Certain teams have underperformed against expectation, particularly ones that were backed quite heavily. And then conversely, we've seen some others perform well. So let's have a little conversation about some of these. Give some insight into managers in terms of what you think about whether they should be patient, cut their losses, etc. So I'm going to come to you first, Hindu Monkey United, your team, your beloved United. What's the word? Yeah, well, it's um, it's not good, basically. Um, obviously, I've watched the, the, the three performances that Man United have, have given so far, two defeats um, and, and realistically should have lost all three matches. Um, so I did a little bit of research over lunch today in terms of um, the kind of stats that have kind of been born out of those, of those results. And it was <clears throat> even more horrific than I could possibly have imagined in terms of just laying bare quite how badly 
we have looked in those first three matches. So just going to cover off attack first um, very briefly. So um, put simply, only Newcastle and Sheffield United have, have had less shots on target than us, just nine um, in, in three games. We've had less attempts than anyone in the entire league. And you could say, oh, we, we played a game less. Yeah, but we're way behind, 10 behind Burnley, let alone Aston Villa. Burnley, you know, we've had less That's attempts on. So from an attacking perspective, we're not creating chances um, and we've not been penalties aside taking the, ch- uh, the chances we have created either. So um, from an attacking unit, Man United in in, in problems, but obviously all that pales into comparison to how poorly we've we've looked defensive. We've um, conceded an, an astonishing 54 chances in just three games. Only, only Leeds, I'm played a game less, <laughs> only, only Leeds are worse than that. Um, and the vast majority, what's what really haunted me looking at these figures is what is how concentrated those chances have been in terms of one area of the pitch. Um, you know, we're not really conceding a lot of crosses um, and we've only conceded nine of those 54 chances down the kind of left flank um, where the much maligned and, uh, you know, um, uh, winner of this year's brilliant tackle, Luke Shaw, has, has been. But where we've uh, where we've been horribly exposed is is in the kind of inside right channel where there's been a gap between kind of Wambasaka or Fozimenso and they played the first game and our right centre back which was Lindelof the first couple of games and then Bali in the second game and obviously the space where Paul Pogba is supposed to be um, and just just hasn't been um, we've conceded over 30 chances in three games within that kind of channel of the pitch. Anyone who's watched those games can see that. You saw March and Trossard just run through that. You saw Son run through that. You saw Zaha run through that. And if you're a Newcastle fan or owner of St. Maximin, like me, in a slightly twisted um, uh, you know, spiral of fate this weekend, you'd be very confident that that is an area that we would look to exploit again. We've just looked so bad defensively and have not learned after three games. And I just just really hope that Ole uh, and the team have used this international break and do something about that. Pogba, Pogba needs to be dropped. Um, he's been absolutely appalling the first three matches, uh, defensively and offensively. Uh, he can't possibly play the next match. I'm sure he will, because we know what our managers are like. They're sick offence at the end of the day, and they play the pay- players with the, with the biggest wages. Um, Maguire, I mean, my God. I mean, I wrote down earlier... Uh, today, actually, when I looked at it at lunchtime, and I thought, actually, Maguire, in fairness, he's come out all right from a, a kind of stats perspective. And I, you know, I actually wrote down the statement: Maguire hadn't suddenly become a bad player. And in just 30 minutes playing for England, that statement looks ludicrous. He's just had an appalling, appalling start to the campaign as of Man United. And Cyrusly, I would just you know, avoid our defence and probably our attackers until we turn this around. And, you know, who knows when that will be. What do you, what do you think about the, the uh, and it could be just tabloid stuff, but uh, Fernandez not High happy question with, as well, yeah. Not happy with Ole and uh, lost his trust after the... I mean, I think that's good. Uh, you know, I, I like to see that. I also like to see that as a fan. I like to see players questioning other players and management when they feel that um, we haven't, we haven't been doing, you know, very well. So I've, I've got no criticism of that. You know, I mean, Man United aren't going to continue being this bad. You know, one hopes they're not going to they're not going to you know concede an average of 
you know, almost 20 chances every single match and, and look like they can't score. They're not going to get relegated. Um, so, um, things will turn around. And so from an FBL point of view, which is ultimately why we're here, it, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're defenders I would uh, avoid, you know, like the plague. But from an attacking point of view, if you still own Rashford and Fernandez and Greenwood, obviously Martial suspended, but if you own any of those three, it's a very tricky situation because you, you know, I've watched Man United obviously for a number of, you know, well, well, forever, but kind of recently, and I know that our, our form can turn on a sixpence. So it's it's very it's very difficult to kind of advise against, you know, removing those players. It's probably a little bit of don't buy, don't sell. But I, if someone wants to get rid of any of our assets right now, I wouldn't talk them out of it for one second. Do you think uh, just a last one on um, sorry, okay, last one on uh, United? Do you think with Martial at Rashford could play up front, or would they bring in Carlo in? No, I think I think Rashford will probably play up front. Um, uh, with Cavani's not fully fit, um, I think uh, I think Rashford will start up front against Newcastle. Yeah, I think Cavani has to isolate, right? Still for two weeks anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I think I think Rashford <coughs> will start, and I think um, yeah, Greenwood and probably James will will, will play. Um, maybe even Lingard, who knows? It's a haunting prospect. But, you know, it is Newcastle who defensively have looked almost as bad as we have. So, you know, you never know. I think if there's one, if one thing we already know after four weeks is that you can't predict a single bloody result. So it could be 5-2 in any direction or nil nil, And let's be honest, none of us would be surprised. That, that's so true. And I think also with United, we've kind of become somewhat accustomed over the last few years to this whole thing where they definitely go through really challenging patches where you just don't want to touch them and they're quite poor performances. And then all of a sudden there's a burst of confidence and they're all flourishing. And this sort of consistently seems to be the pattern. I mean, obviously as a United fan uh, or the owner of any United FPL players, you would hope that they would be more consistent, but that's not really been the case. So, you would imagine that they will come good again sooner rather than later, but it uh, certainly makes for rough viewing, particularly when you're a Martial owner who is having a bad start, a.k.a. myself. Um, but let's move on from the woes of United to Manchester City, not really doing what we need them to do. Mars, what's uh, what's your take? It's an interesting one. Um you know, a lot of people obviously trebled up on, on Man City. I did that last season and it's just, it's so exciting and it looks so sexy, but it, it, I can't say that it's always worked that, that well, which is really annoying. And I think people have been have been unlucky, to be honest. I think with City, this is the thing that I would say. Um, you know, look, look, I'm not, I didn't even look at City stats, don't need them when you see how they play and the amount of chances that they create and miss. I think they're definitely missing a striker. I think he's now tried Sterling, Mares. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he'll leave or give give uh, Dilap another uh, um, um, another go. But they need that person that just sits up front. We see Aguero that he could be back soon, and I think that will benefit them. Look, the, for me, with with City players, you hold now. <clears throat> both are flagged. I think Sterling would be fine. KDB is an interesting one. It's a really interesting one because you've got you've got. Um, uh, a player that's uh, obviously not cheap and a player that is owned by a lot of people and has 
a good fixture this weekend. He might not play. Uh, but after that, they don't have the most uh, difficult or easy fixtures. And then they've got Liverpool and Tottenham. So do you, it's like, do you hold for a week? Do you not? I, I would say with the fact that he has not been fully ruled out and the fact that he's had about five days to recover, the, 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 the clever thing would be to hold. And if you have a Sue check on the bench or something like that, the issue is with the benches is if we get more COVID, if, we, if people have Rodriguez who might not play because that's what Ancelotti said, if he's coming back late from Colombia, you've got to take into account the Brazilian uh, players uh, like Richarlison and um, uh, the Liverpool guys, but not many will have Firmino or, or, or Firmino. But with those, all, all those benches, then what do you do with KDB? So I'm not against selling him, especially if you're going for somebody like Son uh, or, or something like that, or, or, or a sideways Sterling if we know Sterling is fit. But with City, I, I, again, I think they will keep creating chances. I will not touch their defence at all because I just don't rate their defenders. Uh, I don't think there's many points there until we see a more, you know, the, the, the partnership at the back more solid. Don't like their wing backs, and that's where most of the goals are coming in. They give away penalties like it's uh, sweet, you know, freebies at the sweet shop. Um, and I, I just think if you have the attackers, you stick with them. Fulton is ch- is cheap, and I think he will get more chances. Mares is not the most expensive. He will continue to get chances. Uh, obviously, Sterling is you, you, without KDB, without Aguero, will he deliver? Maybe, but he'll be the main man. Um, and against Arsenal, before this. Many people would have captained either Sterling or KDB. And I think with City as well, like, if you do decide to step away right now, it's not the worst decision either. It's a lot, lot of money. Other teams might have better options. but And you can come back in game week 10, 11, when they have Burnley and Fulham at home. I mean, that's just beautiful. Beautiful two games where you know City in those games could score four plus. So for me, it's a hold for attackers. Don't go anywhere near defenders. And just, I think they've been unlucky. And do you know what? To kind of go to your point about selling or not selling uh, De Bruyne, that's something that's really annoyed me. I just have to say it's like a mini Kylie rant in, in the middle of a, a roundtable discussion. But I've seen so many people in the last 24 hours making these statements of basically if you sell De Bruyne, you're an idiot, et cetera, et cetera. And it really annoys me because – Decisions are so circumstantial. It so much exactly. depends on your team. It, it's like, so I'm very much in that tricky situation that you kind of alluded to in that I do have De Bruyne, I do have Rodriguez, I do have Martial. Uh, my bench mm. has essentially been decimated. We now don't know if Mitchell, my only bench player, is even going to play because PVA might be back. So I'm in a very challenging situation. And you know, it may be that I have to make a decision to consider selling uh, De Bruyne for a period of time. Um, is it the thing that I would necessarily want to do? No, not necessarily, but it is totally down to your team, you know, and sometimes in order to feel like you can build a team and you've got some sort of a strategy around the decision, that's justifiable. So don't be a dick is what I'm saying. Yeah, Moving no, on. It's, it's pointless. Yeah, because <laughs> um, we always we always see this sort of thing, and it's like to each their own. Don't be don't be a, a Twitter dictator. Um, yep. Okay, so wolves. Oh gosh, wolves are such a funny one, right? Because they started really well, 
against uh, Sheffield United, uh, and then and then they had City, and we thought they looked really compelling. And then we all wanted to jump in for those seemingly easy fixtures, the the West Ham and the Fulham, right? That's that's when they should have absolutely smashed it, and that's absolutely not what happened. And then they follow it up with that result against Fulham, and okay, yeah, it was great as as a a size owner or, or a Wolves defender owner because you got the clean sheet and, and maybe some bonus, but it's really not the result that people were expecting. I mean, they're playing Fulham, right? Like, it's Fulham. You know, the sharpest asset that they've got is Scott Parker's personal shopper. Let's be honest, right? There's nothing but happening let's, in that squad. In hindsight, Kylie, in hindsight, are you surprised? Because, you know, the thing with Wolves, they never flatter to deceive. Is that, did I just say it right? Should I tap myself on the back? Is that, is that the saying? No, that, that's, that's, that's a <laughs> saying, but I think you said it. The wrong way around. Yeah, they, <laughs> you know, they literally flattered to the team. Okay, that's sorry, exactly they what they do. They, they're not a high-scoring team, every right? Time, but they always yes, look really not. strong. Yeah, yeah. It, they not. And every time they come against the, in, in fact, I remember a few seasons ago they beat the big boys and struggled against the smaller teams. Yeah, yeah. But yet we still went after them, and that, you know, it, every time the decision wasn't wrong. Fulham were rubbish. Suddenly they decided to turn up and defend. It was not the wrong decision. But when you think about Wolves themselves, they don't score a lot. Some people call it boring football. I don't. I think it's uh, that's their system. Fair play to them. But Jimenez also, you know, suddenly he's now being sold by everybody. And I'm not surprised. But if you look at his record, he seems to target certain amount of uh, teams and blanks against most other teams. And he, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really weird one. Wolves are a weird one. They have had plenty of changes to their lineup, okay? So so we know that that can have an impact. Their defence has two clean sheets at the moment and, and that feels somewhat fortuitous, okay, because they they're actually fifth worst for shots on target conceded, right? Uh with nineteen overall. That's not that impressive. Then from an attack perspective they've scored four goals and in fact the only three teams that have scored less goals than them are Fulham, Sheffield United and Burnley. Right, that's quite alarming. Now we know we've we've already alluded to the fact that they don't tend to go and score four goals against a team, but they do tend to score quite consistently. You know, so it's absolutely reasonable to assume that they will score in every game and they'll probably score two goals in in every game. They're not doing that at the moment. Let's move on to Chelsea. Yes, um Chelsea are a really interesting one. Um uh, I've, I've I've not done the level of depth that I had to go into for United here but the Chelsea team have actually started not badly but have been obviously lambasted on the FPL community mainly because their assets who are well owned have have bombed um you know if you, if you look at you know their results they scored you know kind of 12 goals so they've you know they've won three matches they're you know they're they're playing as an attacking unit um uh, you know, kind of pretty, pretty well. Um, but the, you know, their top point scorers are Jorginho Zuma and Mount, who, um, nobody owns. Um, uh, and you know, even Tammy Abraham has more points than Werner. Um, Havertz is flattered to deceive. Um, Reese Jam- James is, is well owned and obviously, you know, looked like an absolute weapon in one game and then was dropped the next. So I think, I think, 
Chelsea are a real like FPL kind of issue rather than a kind of fan issue. Um, and that makes them kind of quite an interesting one in terms of what to do with them, because like a lot of people are like, oh, when they click and, you know, when they get other players back, it's like, but they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're playing, they're playing well. They're, they're, you know, they lost, you know, you know they, they struggled against, you know, Liverpool, as, as you would expect. But other, other than that, they've, you know, you know they, they, well, they lost their, won their last two games, what, 7-0 or something. So, um they're, you know, they're, they're looking okay for, for map respects. What's, you know, what's obviously not happened is, 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 is kind of key points of the main FBL asset. So obviously they'll have a lot of their kind of, you know, more kind of prominent signings kind of back, how they line up. It's, it's a little bit wait and see, but I think as you alluded to earlier, you know, there's, you know, Timo Werner is too good a player to not be an asset at some stage this season. Um, I can completely understand how anybody has, has already transferred him out. I, I finally, threw the towel in on him um, at the start of the international break and took him out for Harry Kane just because I couldn't hemorrhage any more value in my team and I knew he was going to drop at least 0.1, probably 0.2 by the time, um, you know, we kind of kicked off again. Um, yeah, if, if Chelsea have all their players back this week, he, he could very easily score a couple of goals and he might be flavour of a month again. But, I, I, you know, I think, I think Chelsea are, are quite indicative of... of I think the start of the season as a whole of just how kind of random it's been, um, but both from a football sense, but also from an FBL sense, and that there have been so many players who've done extremely well so far this season, but within our kind of Twitter bubble of kind of the template and the kind of well-owned and popular players, we've just we've just kind of missed them, and, and Chelsea really highlight that to me how we just haven't got their assets right so far. So. Um, how they perform over the next few weeks, I think will tell us a lot more. But, you know, I, I don't really, you know, have, have an awful lot of advice for owners of Chelsea assets other than just, uh, yeah, you know, let's see, let's see what happens next. You know, <laughs> I think I think if you at this point, if you have them right, like they play Southampton next. So you, you probably in that that really tricky situation of oh, one more week, like, oh, surely I've got to give them Southampton. Um you know, or yeah, or, although, uh, although you know, Southampton have kept back-to-back clean sheets after looking. I know, yeah, but that, that's only be, that's only because I I stopped watching their matches. Uh, I've yeah, noticed really, a part, you, you're still going with this. Yeah, if I don't yeah. watch matches, you know, players will keep clean sheets. It's quite specific to McCarthy. It doesn't work for <laughs> anyone else, but it seems to be the case with him. I, I I've decided that's what's going to happen. Um, don't ruin my illusions there, please. Oh, okay. I have to feel some sense of control over what's happening in my team. Cause well, otherwise... with, a, with a rank of uh, 4.5 million, no, I'm sure you're clinging to everything you have. Sorry, sorry. I'm moving up. Rights mean yeah, but... nothing at the moment. Let's let's move on. Yes. Okay, so Mars, we're going to come to your beloved team, but we're going to talk probably specifically about defence because we don't really have any major concerns about uh, the attack per se. No, there should be certainly. None. Yeah, there's certainly um, some questions coming up about defence, probably more so even for uh, those who have double defence in light of the Allison injury. So yeah, double, and I've seen some treble people have gone all you know all out on on Liverpool defence. And I, to be honest, I think it's a it's a concern. It's a concern as a fan. It's a concern from FPL point of view. There's just no confidence with Adrian at the moment. Um, and, 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 and rightly so. You know, a, a keeper is hugely important. And second keepers are not great. Uh, but, you know, he, he's not even 
a Romero who you could trust behind your your, your defenders. You know, um, for me, he's uh, one of the main reasons that I don't trust uh, our defense right now. But that's not the main reason. There's, you know, missing Jordan Henderson from the midfield is hugely underappreciated by Liverpool fans and non-Liverpool fans in FPL. He is not just a captain and a leader, but he's also someone who will plug those gaps in midfield. The, our midfield is so open, and, pe- t- uh, and it's not just that. Uh, Villa also really decimated our high line, which will have to be looked at. Look, fair play to Villa. It was one of those games that we were never going to win. I was hoping for Watford-style defeat, and I wish it was, because I, I never want to be laughing again at my team, because I was laughing. Will it happen again? I will never say no, but I hope not. And I can't see that happening. I think the players are hurt. Club is hurt. They will look into it. We will be tighter. Now watch Everton put five past us. Um, but I think the fact that Henderson will be back um, uh, will really help. Um, uh, just whilst, just to give stability to the team, right? And and then you need you need to. It, what what? scares me is that amount of individual mistakes at the back from everybody. Gomez does not look confident enough for me. I think Matip will step in at the weekend uh, alongside uh, alongside Van Dijk. Uh, Trent has not been himself defensively and he's never been the strongest. But the reason you own Trent and Robo and Van Dijk is not just only for clean sheets. It's also for the attacking uh, output. Robertson has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, the amount of crosses he puts in, how how um, and he's already got a goal um, as well because he's he's just uh, coming in those late runs from the left. Uh, so for me, I would definitely continue owning one if you have one. If you're on wild card and you need to save some money, I see absolutely nothing wrong with going Robertson ahead of Trent because Trent does, just does not look, does not look himself one two. It seems to we're trying to mix it up and Robertson is getting some of those set pieces that. It was so uh, appealing with Trent. Um, I do think Trent will will continue to be uh, and uh, get back to his, to his usual level and continue to be a threat from set pieces and open play with his crosses. Uh, but I think he might need just some time to to build up the. It's a huge game, huge game on Saturday for for the confidence of the team after the result that happened and the fact that it's a derby and where Everton are absolutely huge and I'm I'm really nervous about it. And I think Van Dijk is always going to be a threat from set pieces. So, look, I think um, if I was on treble or double, I'll definitely move one if I had no other fires because I don't see many clean sheets coming. But the attacking output will remain to be there. Um, I think you'll win quite comfortably the weekend, I have to say. You know, we've been here so many times. Oh, God. The side of Derby. So many times. So yeah, times. but at, at Goodison Park, isn't it? It's always been a draw. Or um, yeah, but Everton are playing as good as they can play, and you're playing way, way below that level. It's probably the I, best I just, game. It's probably the best game yeah. to have. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. I think if you were playing like Fulham at it would home, be nice competitive. Yeah. yeah, this weekend. But I think Klopp will, will will raise raise the troops. You know, Mane just you know obviously sat there, not having gone on international duty back. Um, none of your players, Salah's not even got on his Sasha of duty. None of your players have really been, you know, um, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, overworked in that way. I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think you'll win. I, I have to say. Stop as much, as, much as I'll be cheering for Everton. <laughs> even Dominic Calvin fucking Lewin. You know, I hope right. he's oh, let's... You. <laughs> The dreaded Lewin. Okay, yes. so uh, 
let's move on um, to maybe some of the unexpected brighter bright sparks I should say um so you referenced Everton there they've obviously been one we've spoken quite a lot about them in recent weeks we will not talk about the dreaded DCL we hate him with the fire of a thousand suns absolutely um we've also talked quite a lot about Brighton they haven't had the results go their way uh but they've been really really impressive and really fun to watch but there have been a couple of other teams who have exceeded early expectations one perhaps more obvious than some of the others, but we'll run through them. So, uh, Hindi Monkey, you're going to talk to us about Aston Villa, the uh, new champions or champions of champions because they beat the champions, whatever. Yes, uh, you know, Villa have probably been the unlikeliest um, kind of great team kind of so Definitely. far. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't just the Liverpool result, although that was obviously extraordinary. Um, you know, they've obviously been brilliant in in all their games. You know, unbeaten, um, playing, uh, you know, playing fantastic football, the Kinder Bueno of our league, you might say. Um, so it, it's just been it's just been extremely kind of obviously kind of good to kind of watch them kind of do that. Um, and you know. I think the stat that I pulled out of, of, of looking at Villa is that they've had a chance every 5.9 minutes so far in their three games. Only only Pool and City have have topped that, and those those three are miles ahead ahead of the rest. You know that is a company they are keeping. They are firing off chances at, at the same level of Liverpool and Manchester City. Bearing in mind they played Liverpool in one of those matches as well. Um, the, the the only caveat I place on them, um, and you know, without going down the route of like, I suppose the kind of anti-Man United in one way, of, you know, you could argue, well, they'll obviously, you know, kind of regress, but you know, I don't really want to go down that route. We know that, you know, um, yeah, particularly in a season like this with no with no fans and sort of stuff, momentum is everything, and they could easily kind of kick on and you know, in, in a league like this, finish. Sixth, seventh, eighth, or they could massively regress and finish seventeenth. I think all bets are off. But but short term, um, I think they're an extremely uh, extremely promising team that are worth investing in. But the one thing I have against them is that their conversion rate is the highest in the entire league, um, bar Leicester, which is hugely skewed by Jamie Vardy just winning and scoring every penalty. Um, so. Is, is that sustainable? You know, it's way over kind of, I think it's about 25% um, of, of kind of shots to goals conversion, even in the Liverpool match where they battered them, you know, they had like three ridiculous deflections and sort of stuff. And so you do wonder, you know, how, how sustainable is their attack? Um, but defensively, they, they look, they look really good. Martinez is a fantastic signing. Concert is, a, is an absolute weapon. Uh, I tipped them at the start of the season from an FPL perspective and, you know, as ever, the players you tip, you'd never actually put in your own team. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think, I think they're a really good team to invest in short term. Fantastic fixtures, uh, fixtures, um, Grealish, Watkins, Barkley, you know, probably the lesser of those three, um, and indeed at the back as well. I, I think, you know, if you're on a wild card or if you want a, if you want an enabler to to kind of free up space in your team, um, you know, Villa, you know, Villa are there. Um, you know, let's see how they how they have you know how they get on. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, after last season, no one would have anticipated that, but they've certainly started very very well, regardless of the skewed. Uh, 
view we might all have after their last game. They, they've certainly performed well in all of their matches. Um, another one, and pr- probably a much more obvious one, um, and a crazier one somewhat, uh, is uh, Spurs. Mars, talk to us about Spurs and the mayhem. Yeah, he's back. Huh? Jose, Jose's back. Suddenly everybody is uh, loving Spurs. If uh, I want Paul Merson to come out and diss every Liverpool player so they can go on a scoring run like Kane did since he said he can't score under Mourinho. Um, yeah, look, Spurs are the flavour of the month, and rightly so. Uh, decimated United, and before and before that, uh, Southampton, and they've been playing really well. Kane as a quarterback, setting up everybody using some space. Uh, did they come up against uh, crap defenses, or did they, or are they playing well? It doesn't really matter because you only play against who you come up with, and I think they have been playing really well. I think they have th- this this. Understanding between Kane and Son is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I, funnily enough, I actually think they play better with Aurier on the right versus Doherty. Uh, I think Doherty still needs to settle in the team a bit more. Um, and look, I, I get I get why people are going in all in on on Spurs. I mean, if you don't right now, when are you going to do it? They've got West Ham at home, Burnley away, Brighton at home, and West Brom away. So we say, is it for, form? Versus fixtures, well, they've got both. They've got the form and the fixture, so why not? I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, Kane, Kane brings you that premium striker with penalties. He's he, he doesn't even he hasn't scored that many penalties. Are then he's still scoring and assisting. Um, and it's that premium striker hold where if Aguero comes back, you can jump easily onto him. And you know when you go to Kane, he's the most expensive, so you can come down to anybody. Uh, and Son at the moment, why not? He's absolutely on fire. The guy, one of the best finishers that I've seen. Now, it's an interesting game after after the break because you've got the team on the best defence and least shots on target versus the team that's had the most shots on target. So, uh, nil-nil all over then. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's a London derby. People underestimate that. I do think Spurs will be a bit too strong for West Ham, but let's see. So, yeah, go, go all in. I'm... I'm I'm going in on Spurs in the next two games, so I don't see why not. No, I was just going to comment on the absolute sneakiness of Mourinho with the whole Son thing. Oh, God. It's just God. comical. <laughs> yes, yes, and yeah. And I, I was saying earlier, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, obviously this Kane injury again in the commas mm-hmm. on international duty, I wouldn't be surprised if he benched him this weekend in some sort of gesture of like, well, he was injured all along despite paying 90 minutes tonight. Um, so, you know, there you go. Yeah. Absolute bastard Mourinho. But, um, but sorry, just to, I, I, I don't, I have to say, I, I don't really agree with, with Master's assessment there on, 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 on Spurs. I think we're, we're being blinded by Spurs as a team by how unbelievably brilliant, two assets of theirs have been in, in Son and Kane. Um, Spurs are not tearing it up. They've looked terrible in both home matches. Um, you know, they are below, you know, Arsenal have won three matches this season. No one's talking about how Arsenal, because they've not torn up from an FBL perspective. They've got the same number of points as Leeds and Newcastle. You know, Spurs have not suddenly turned a corner and are looking like a really great team in a way that, say, Everton or Villa um, have, have looked. What what has has worked is the Son Kane partnership from an FBL perspective has been you know astonishing in, in ultimately two matches delivering an unprecedented number of points in in just those two matches and that's hugely skewed I think everyone's perception of what Spurs uh, are and, and what they can do the West Ham match is really hard to call I, I I agree on that much obviously West Ham are flying. 
international break throws everything out of sync and sort of stuff. But, um, you know, that by no stretch of imagination is a walkover for Spurs. And I would be I would be shocked if that was anything but quite a close game, to be honest. Yeah. I would, I would agree. And in fact, that, that leads us on to a quick discussion of West Ham because I, I think that's quite evenly matched, uh, for, for all of the reasons outlined, uh, in much the same way that Villa have been very much performing well and truly above expectation. West Ham have done the same. And it has to be said that I do not think I've ever looked at a list of fixtures at any point in a given season and thought, they were as horrendous as the fixtures that uh, West Ham had after the first one or two matches. Quite simply atrocious. In fact, they're still quite atrocious because they've got Tottenham, then City, then Liverpool. But yet they've still managed to do well. They've managed to do well. They've been scoring goals. And, of course, they have seven goals none conceded in their last two matches against um, Leicester and Wolves. And who would have anticipated that for West Ham? They only ever seem to do this when it's relegation time and their backs are absolutely to the wall. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's a tricky one because looking at those fixtures, it's very hard unless you're on a wild card. And so you're obviously looking uh, quite far, you know, if you're doing it, you know, with a view to the future looking quite far forward. Um, but if you're looking at just free transfers at the moment, it, it's very difficult to to bring West Ham players in in the next couple of game weeks because of those fixtures. But the reality is that they have been so strong in terms of their performances, right? They've the second least amount of goals conceded with just four, two clean sheets. Um they are the top performer in terms of uh, shots on target conceded, which is seven in four matches. That's much better than everyone else. They've only conceded five big chances in that time. Um, they've had nine big chances themselves from an attacking perspective, 18 shots on target. That's, uh, I believe, third after Spurs and Liverpool. So all around, very much like Villa, they've performed really well. They've gelled really well, seemingly doing brilliantly when their manager is, in fact, not on the pitch. So who knows? Um, I think hard to buy now, as I said, but certainly one to watch. Um, Antonio is only 6.3. Bowen's quite cheap as well. Masuaku is one that just keeps kind of flirting every season as like a 4.5 defensive option. But um, and, and it's certainly an interesting team to uh, to keep an eye on going forward. Just the last one, I guess, before we jump into our listener questions, and we have had a few. You guys have alluded to it earlier. We're obviously coming off the back of an international break in insane, unprecedented times. What's the status quo at the moment with positive test results, potential injuries, late returnees? Um, do we have any quick updates from the news for our listeners? Um, I mean, there's obviously been, um, you know, a few incidents, um, Ronaldo being the most high profile one. And we've not really seen how that's going to affect the Portuguese squad, otherwise known as Wolves, um, kind of kind of so far. But 
but generally it's it's a few, it's like dribs and drabs isn't it it's just rather than like whole teams or stuff coming down because because the rules are very different for, for professional athletes whereby you're seemingly immune from um the rules there that, is um, special um, immunity yeah, yeah applies to everyone yeah. else you, know, just you don't have an incubation an, an incubation period no of course not no 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 if you get a negative test that's it you're fine you're good to play um so, uh, yeah, I think it is what it is. It's something we're going to have to live with. And we know that these international breaks are going to cause more bubbles to be breaking and more spread of, of this virus. Um, and and I think it, it just makes it, you know, kind of even more, you know, kind of pertinent to um, make that decision about whether you want to kind of go early with your transfers during an international break or, or kind of wait and kind of see how the dust settles. It's... Uh, um, but you know, as ever, to all our listeners, just just you know, you know, check those Twitter feeds and you know, wait to those Friday press conferences where we'll get a load of no doubt utterly ambiguous comments from managers which tell us pretty much nothing, and we're just going blind to the game week anyway. So you know, I think we all know we're going to be playing three aside in game week five, hoping for the best because I think there will be surprises regardless. I. The fallout has to be significant after this decision to go ahead with the international break here. As you said, we've already seen some um, positive test results. We, we, I would anticipate seeing more. We're mixing bubbles here. It's bound to happen. Um, so the knock-on effect is going to be challenging, and I think we're just going to have to grin and bear it a, a little bit from a fantasy football perspective. Um so I'm going to come to you, Mars. Can you steer the ship with our listener questions? Yeah, we got uh, loads in, so thank you all. Much appreciated. We'll uh, try and fly through them. Morpheus Fire of Man, how many penalty takers should I load up on for my team more than just a sex party? And this is an in-joke. People, don't worry about it. Um, Salah, Inkskane, Jorginho, Klichmob. How many people, for, how many penalty players do you think somebody should have in their team, Monkey? I'm, I'm concerned about the fact that you said in-joke and many of our listeners may think that, you know, it's because yeah. we've had a sex party with Morpheus Fire, <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is not the case. I well, do think no, that of course, is. Of course it's not the case because we would not break the COVID rules. No, no, of course not, no. This would be like a legacy sex party situation you know, by any stretch, no? Kylie is my sister and, you know, yeah, that's weird. off the cuff. Uh, penalty yeah. takers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good tactic, isn't it? I, I think I think if you're on a wild card and you're looking for a bit of a shake-up, yeah, but by all means, look at that. I think, I think the recent handball change um, may see a slight reduction in that, but generally referees seem pretty, pretty uh, free to give penalties this season. So I, I think it's... I think it's a very good tactic. Jorginho is the interesting one for me. I've seen a lot. He's yeah. risen quite a lot in terms of, you know, I, I'm not sure he plays for Chelsea once they've got all their players back. I agree. To be honest. Yeah. So I, agree, I, think, but I think he's look, an interesting one. Right now, is it Jorginho or Suchek? I would probably, I would have, you know, hindsight, you've got Jorginho because he's a penalty taker, both at five. But Going forward, Suchek, definitely. Absolutely. I think he will, uh, he'll be rested. Right. Uh, Lucy Hynett, uh, Lucy Hynett. Um, Never heard. You know, you know how well Monkey. Yeah, yeah. What to do with Metro? Makes regular appearances in Monkey's stats tables and fixtures. Looks okay, but Fulham are fundamentally awful. No disrespect. That's added by me. So, what do 
you do with him. And there's a note here. Monkey, don't buy him in the first place. Like I fucking told you, is not suitable advice. Well, it's good job you asked because let me tell you this. Guess who is the team? Sounds like a bad (laughs) Guess who's the team that conceded the most crosses down the right flank? Sheffield United with 58. What is the most team that conceded down the right flank? uh, Chances chances conceded down the right flank? Sheffield United are second with 19. (laughs) Headed goal attempts conceded. To repeat that because I don't know what happened. (laughs) But (laughs) the the question got very confusing at, at one point. Sorry. I'm just going to carry on anyway. Um, headed goal <laughs> attempts conceded first, 15. That's Sheffield United. Now let's look at Mitrovic. Headed goal attempts for, for forwards. He's the highest with nine. Joe Bryan crossed the most among defenders and he plays on the left, so hitting down the right of Sheffield United. So basically, Mitro's a hold, Lucy, for this game week and then sort it out later. There's your answer. You're welcome. Stats wow. for Mars. Yeah. Just, just wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, FPL man from God, that great <laughs> Del Mondo. Uh, what, Kylie, I'll come to you. Well, actually, <laughs> maybe I'll go to Hindu. Uh, what is the most important offensive returns, e.g., uh, Trent and Teles, but little clean sheet or clean sheet, but little if, uh, offensive returns, a la Boli? Yeah, um, I had no idea what you said, so Kylie, go for it. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. Um, okay, so we're we're talking about pursuing attacking, uh, prioritizing attacking returns for defensive players or prioritizing clean sheets, right? Um, I personally think, and if you're you're looking at someone like Bolly, who is five point five anyway, and Alex Tellis, who is five point five, also for United, who frankly look woeful, and we don't know how he fits in. They're maybe challenging examples. Um, I think that you need to treat some of the, the premium uh, defenders, your Robertsons and your Trents, uh, in a, a slightly different category because they're up against midfielders in terms of their, their price point, right? Um, and you want a combination of both. If you're looking at uh, apples for apples in terms of price, right, um, at, at, say, the 5.5 mark, if I'm paying 5.5, I will always want some degree of threat. I always will want that because I feel that in most instances, there is going to be a cheaper option. If you're looking at clean sheets, that is a metric that applies to the entire defense, right? It doesn't apply to just one person. So if you can get in at the cheapest possible point for that, which, you know, in the case of Bolly, right, you've got Sice or Cody at 5 million, you're always going to be better off going for one of them. Um, because Bolly doesn't have consider, well, everyone's got more threat than Cody, right? Other than scoring for England. But, you know, I, I think if that's your priority, you go for the cheapest one. But if I'm going to pay 5.5, which is that bit extra, I absolutely will want some attacking returns. So I think you have to base it on a value by value, value basis. Fair. Fair enough. Right. Next question. Jonathan Strike at J Strike One. Uh, he's asking specific questions, but I think it's a good debate around, um, combination of players so how vital is Rodriguez to his team let's think about just Rodriguez as a player if you're on wild card would you take Cullum Wilson and ASM uh, or Rodriguez and a 4.5 and he has here not playing striker but don't forget Brewster is 4.5 so Monkey what do you think is better 
Is Rodriguez a must, or would you go for the combination of Wilson in that price and ASM? So two playing players regularly, not in a high, maybe not going to score as many goals as Rodriguez, or Rodriguez plus a 4.5. I think at the moment I'd probably still go for Wilson and some maximum because I, you know I'd want to see um, Brewster play. I, I mean, I'd, you know, from an FPL standpoint, as you know, has any player been more hyped? You know, who's <laughs> never stepped up foot on the fucking pitch? Uh, you know. For, <laughs> It's ridiculous. So, you know, um, uh, I want to see that first. Um, so if you're on a wild card and you're looking at that combination, but if you're building a squad, you know, Brewster's obviously an amazing 4.5 enabler. If I was on a wild card and you're looking for a 4.5, I can completely understand, uh, going for, um, going for that. Yeah. Yeah. It, the question doesn't really make sense in the sense that, uh, I, I do think that Hamas Rodriguez is, is extremely important to the way that Everton plays. I think he could well end up being, a talisman for them this season. It's hard to tell so far. I think, you know, DCL is obviously exceeding his, his XG. Dare we mention that stat? Um, Carlison would dip in and out. He's quite explosive. I think, you know, whether Hamas Rodriguez can keep this up for the rest of the season, but he, he, he's been their best player, um, over the four games so far. Um, and, you know, if you want to invest in Everton, if you want one asset from Everton, um, I would, I would probably say that Hamas Rodriguez is the one, yeah. Okay. And he, he, uh, Kylie Jonathan is asking if there's any, uh, must haves for the spine of a wildcard team. Can you give us a couple of players that you think are must haves for the spine? Oh, I always hesitate for must-haves, but um, I, I certainly would not be going without a oh, – look, it's real challenging this week because there's questions over City attackers, right? But mm. I would want a City attacker, whether that was Sterling or KDB. I would want Arson or Arcane. Um, I would want Salah or, or Mane, right? There's starting to be a, a gap between them in price, so that's absolutely viable. I would still want to have a Liverpool defender, whether that was Trent or Robbo, regardless of um, Adrian playing. I, I still think that that's someone I'm going to want to have in my team. I absolutely would want to have Everton attack. For me, that is uh, not Calvert-Lewin, it's Rodriguez, but I have an unhealthy bias against him. So maybe don't listen to me if you want to do well in FPL. <laughs> Definitely don't. Um these are the play. I would probably have. Um, I I would totally be open to a cheap uh, Aston Villa defender, for instance. Like you know, lots of us have Mitchell, and we've got Justin, and these kind of guys that are absolutely temporary. Um, Mitchell looks like he could be immediately displaced because Van Aanholt is apparently replying to people on Twitter saying he's back. Um, Pereira is not going to be that far out until he's back. So we're going to need to look at alternatives. Um, and teams like West Ham, as we said, um, Aston Villa, they've certainly been performing really well defensively. Um, so they could be okay options for your bench, particularly with uh, Wonder Kid Lamptey going up quite a bit in price. So he's, he's maybe out of reach for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the kind of guys that I would have a look at, at building a team around. Um, but there's such a huge amount of options that are performing. There is, there is. Uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong. That's a bit more than two, but I think it was useful. So. Oh, I didn't hear you <laughs> say that. <laughs> it's all right. FBI Hammerman asks, uh, 
FPL Hammerman asks us about uh, captain choices, so we'll come to that when we do the captain question because I do not want 10 minute discussion about how much you guys hate DCL. So we'll move on. Uh, FPL Dempsey at Dempsey FPL. Thoughts on sticking Pulisic straight into my wildcard team and giving him the armband? Look, I you think he'll be an armband? Yeah, I, I think, I think <laughs> that's bad. I think Pulisic is an exciting player. I think Pulisic is really important for Chelsea when he comes back and could move Werner. Into the middle, or unless they stick with Abraham because he's the Abraham because he's the one on on form at the moment. But Pulisic is vital um, for Chelsea. Would I put him into my team right away? No, because that en- injury and the type of player he is could be uh, it could take him a while to get back into it uh, and be explosive. Would I give him the captain armband? Absolutely not. So I think it's too much having him. I get oh, it. Oh. Giving him the armband, no. So. Uh, oh, uh, what I will say is, in the season that might be just wacky enough on like alternative, you know, plane sort of level stuff that might actually come off because that's the season that we're in. So if you <laughs> yeah. feel it, you yeah, know, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you, yeah, I mean, he's asked for our opinion, but listen, I wouldn't. Your team. But yeah. I'm doing terribly. So <laughs> uh, FPL fool. Uh, at United Fan 96, how does one get FBL points? Don't ask us. Uh, but he does come with a serious question, uh, which we discussed before. So it's the, it's the, it's the zombie uh, bit. Uh, we discussed about leaving our teams. I think if had we left our teams as they were, it, we probably would have scored more. But that's just not us. That's not how we play the game. Some people might do that. But, you know, we play the game because we enjoy it. We like to think about it. We like to analyse it. Some people like stats. I don't. We like to watch games and you're going to change players and you're going to go for players that you like. So, um, but he does say if, if we do leave our teams as they are, what should be our team structure and what should our transfers focus on? Captains and punts. So if we just think about team structure, Hindu, if you were going to pick a team and leave it, what structure would you go for? So would it be 3-4-3, 3-5-2? Would you focus on midfielders? Definitely 3-5-2 if I was creating a, a zombie team with the, uh, with a backup on the subs and they're just a dead 4.5 cool. million striker, basically. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, naturally, I would agree with you because normally that's where the points come from midfielders. And if I wasn't looking at this this season so far, although the forwards seem to be also getting in, in the points. But yeah, I agree. Right, so that was... Uh, there we go. A quick answer for you there. Uh, right, we'll carry on. Uh, <laughs> FBL Clarkey. Will the right honourable gentleman at Hindu Monkey admit he has conned the public time and time again with his incessant persistence of boarding public transport that is seemingly unfit for departure. I've not the conned the public. <laughs> I've presented. I mean, tra- we kind of have I've a pre- little. I've presented available transport and given people the option to ride it or not. I, I can't be held responsible for whether, whether they buy a ticket <laughs> or, or, or not. Look, you know. Shea Adams has been desperately, desperately unlucky, you know, kind of so far this season. Um, I mean, his his zero percent conversion rate paints a bleak picture, but he's he's been more than that, you know. He's he's yeah, you know. I I, I, yeah, I think this is probably the nail in the coffin of any future trains. You know, I'm going to pivot back to Ashley Barnes. He's going to come back. 
it's it's going to be good, you know, and we're all going to be Barnes train riders again. You know, the Shea train has just not really worked, does it? Let's, let's be honest. The He's next, still in my team, though, but anyway. <laughs> the next question is also for you. The public are after you, and it needs to be a yes or no, right? I just want a yes or no. You cannot defend your answer. FBL Richard, Richard, uh, FBL Richard. My question is this. Given that this is a national crisis, won't Hindu monkey consider doing the honourable thing and back our PM? Yes or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I yeah, I wanted to avoid that discussion. Uh, right, Kylie, I'm going to come to you. Actually, you said you don't like jam. Adam at three five who asks. But that's my answer. I like. Who doesn't like jam? Me, no, I don't it, like sweet things. Do you does, does marmalade count as, no, as jam? No, marmalade is so much worse than jam. It's don't say green, Is marmalade? Marmalade is horrible. It's horrible. Okay. All right. So I like primates and it's good. I only like marmalade. Uh, Phil, what's your what's your uh, favourite jam? Got to be raspberry, but I do have a soft spot for apricot. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Thank you, Adam, That's for science. that insightful question. <laughs> Adam also asks another question. If you could replace the current cabinet with Premier League footballers, who would you choose and how much more competent would they be regardless? I mean, we could choose any. You could put Tyrone Mings in and he will do a better job than what we have right now. Jurgen from... Klopp, Klopp for Prime Minister. I'm a Man United fan. And I'll tell you I what, mean, that is absolutely yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I would, obviously, if you don't have Henderson and Rashford, then I don't know where you've been in, in the last, I don't know, six months. Uh, but uh, any, any other player that stands out quickly? Well, you know... Well, Matt is a good bloke, can he? Yeah, he's, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> there we James go. James is so sensible, you know. James Milner? Yeah, boring he's and so sensible. sensible. Absolutely. Absolutely right. The education secretary, maybe. <laughs> yeah. back, back into FBL, Kylie. I'll come to you. FBL multi-barnets, at multi-barnets. Um, again, it's a wildcard question. So he wants to, to know, uh, TAA or Mitchell plus point nine in the bank or Robertson and Van Onholt? What oh. do you think? Okay, uh, well, probably Robertson and Van Aanholt. It's a little bit tricky, though, because I feel like at this exact moment is maybe the wrong time to make that decision because um, it's probably a decision for next week. Like, Mitchell may get one more week or Van Aanholt may start, but we're, like, right on the cusp of that decision. I do certainly think that Mitchell is probably now no longer an option because he looks to be just about out of that team. It'd be interesting. You know what would be interesting to see if they decide to play Van Anholt ahead, ahead of Mitchell and uh, move Zaha into the centre. At the moment, Zaha is isolating, so Van Anholt might slot in where Zaha uh, plays. Octavius has said he certainly doesn't seem to think that that's going to be a viable option. OK, fair enough. They not, he will know Palace more than I do, so... Um, Okay, so I, I agree with you, by the way, Robertson of Van Aanholt, uh, depend, if, especially if, uh, what's his name, loses uh, his spot, Mitchell. Um, FBL Enigma at Rich Maple, Three Lions, he asks, Man United possible starting 11. I mean, we don't have a crystal ball, mate, but he, he says Rashford as a striker. We discussed that before. I think we believe Rashford will be the, uh, up front. Uh, but we don't know who will play in his position. Could be James, could be anybody. Van der Beek, I, I think, should start for them. Uh, and let's end this segment on uh, the question from FBL King, at the Fantasy King. What the 
F is Hindu monkey problem with Kinder Buenos? And also, has he got anything to tell us about United assets? He already did. Are we holding them or dropping them? So we're done. What is the problem with Kinder Buenos? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why, 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 why can't I think about Kinder Buenos and why they're just a violation against well, essentially human rights? The, the, but they're not. They're, uh, they are amazing. I'm sorry. I'm here to defend the Kinder Bueno and the Kinder I think the most offensive here. thing I'm about Kinder Bueno. Right now. Is that no 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 the offensive thing about Quinder Bueno? And I, I, I don't want to be misquoted. I think here. it's the fact that he had a Kinder, white chocolate one, no Kinder, less, right? Kylie, 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 I've got the floor. Kylie, please. Sorry. Quinder, <laughs> is that Kinder Kinder chocolate is the absolute fucking goat? Okay, and I won't hear anyone say otherwise. You know, Agreed. Kinder eggs, Kinder chocolate is is just fantastic. It's silky smooth. It goes down. If sex was a chocolate, it would be Kinder chocolate. It's absolutely <laughs> magnificent. Yet somehow they've managed to completely fuck that up with Quinder Bueno by adding a kind of Quinder. Quinder. Kinder. No, no, no. I'm like five five glasses deep at this stage. Bear with me. I mean, what even is a Quinder? Quinder. <laughs> Kinder Bueno. It's not even biscuit. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Pseudo biscuit, kind of crummy thing that you know just kind of takes the essence of what is beautiful and just makes it absolutely crap. So it's not that it's not that the chocolate itself is bad. Far from it. It's, it's taken a beautiful thing and it, it just made it horrible. And it's, all right, it's, it's, all right. You've had you've had you've had your chance. You've had your right. chance. I'm still finishing my Kinder Bueno. I've got three in front of me, and one of them are, is getting Quinta. demolished right now. Why does everyone have so many Kinder Buenos? <laughs> Just to annoy you. <laughs> right. I mean, um, all chocolate Kylie, is unpleasant. Kylie, I mean, uh, you're not going to get any leverage with that opinion, are you? We're done. Over to you. Uh, let's start. Let's get into captains and transfers and answer FBL Hammerman's question about what's the best captain pick for next week. Right. Well, OK, you've already given that intro there. So why don't you start, Buzz? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he asks, would it be Salah, Kane, Sterling, or DCL? Um, uh, I would DCL. Captain. Yeah, I know. I think he put that just, to, just to, to, to get that answer, <laughs> just to look at you. Uh, no, look, um, I think Kane is a is, is a potential option if you have him. Um, Salah away to Everton. Everton have conceded a lot of goals, so I can see why. Uh, at the moment, it was on KDB, but I've moved it on to Son. So right now, uh, I'm not really sure it's Son or Salah. I will decide last minute and also see what happens with KDB. Uh, that's that's my captain. What about you, Kylie? Oh, I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I've I've got just as I resolved all my fires, more have erupted. Um, so I really don't know. It could be Son if he uh, does end up in my team. Otherwise, my fallback I think will be Salah, um, just simply because I'm no longer going to take the risk on captaining um, KDB. So Son or Salah. Do you have um do you have Jimenez? Yes, I do, but I don't want to captain him. I don't ever like captaining Jimenez. Captain Captain Jimenez. Somebody right. thinks Jimenez is gonna uh, tear it up against Leeds, right? Look, I think I think Kane's a decent captain option this week for the simple fact that I think that game would be tight, but I think Kane. I think probably, Kane is better than Son. Yeah, I think Kane has it over Son. He's on pens. Uh, his conversion yeah. rate is fantastic. He's creating as well as scoring. So I think Kane's a really good option this week. I think I think I don't think there is another standout option, but there is, you know, a standout fixture option, which is which is the last game I believe, which is, which is Leeds versus Wolves, um, and. Wolves have been a little bit unlucky, I think. They were battered by West Ham, 
but the other the other three games, um, you know, uh, I think I think I think they've done all right in. And um, I know you were a little bit morose about them earlier, but uh, you know, Jimenez has looked lively um, without kind of like really kind of clicking yet. Um, I, I can't put into words how poor Leeds have been defensively from a stats perspective. You know, when I said earlier that Man United have conceded 54 chances, Leeds have conceded 73, banging on Man United with the second worst. It's so far above any other team. They've also, you know they've you're going to upset the stats people, right? No, like, no, they've been gonna, banging like, on about... I, I agree with you. I don't get it. They, they are, are they are so bad defensively. They they, they have they've they've conceded five big errors, none of which which have leaded to goals. Compare that to Liverpool, three big errors, three goals. Chelsea, three big errors, three goals. Man United, two big errors, two goals. Leeds, five big errors. None it's of just the way they goals. play. They should have conceded five or six goals in every single match. Yes, and Sheffield so United were unlucky. You know what yeah, I don't they get? Were, they were. What, you Any know what other team it's, fine, it's fine if you think a team is brilliant, but to use their defensive stats from the championship, and look, I don't have anything against people. They love their stats, they study it, and I respect that, and I look at it. But that argument I don't get. How can it you bring... It does not. It, this is the Premier League. You play your football and you're open. I mean, they were lucky again. And people bring up, listen now, their defenders have attacking output. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And they are cheap, cheap uh, players well, that you can invest they in. Play, they play two at the back. Ailing and Dallas are essentially wingers. Yeah, they play especially, Dallas, especially Dallas more so because Ailing sometimes slots into the centre-back and Dallas seems to be the one that, that bobs forward. But to say that they're... T- I'm sorry, and, and how old is their keeper? He looks 11. But yeah, so uh, Monkey, anyway, after all of this, are you captaining Jimenez? Well, no, I don't own him. I'm advising Uh, highly to captain. I am clearly not captaining him. Um, (laughs) I don't get get captain points. Um, I'm not allowed good things. So please, please, for me, on this spot, Captain Jimenez, trust me. For once, I I feel we've been burdened by this ongoing captain curse. I, I I want. this to break this week Jimenez is the sleeper standout captain this choice he's not on international break he will be um, I don't know if that's even true I've not even researched it I just you know he's going to be unbearable (laughs) (laughs) you know how unbearable I will be if this doesn't come off Jimenez against Leeds he's he's exactly the sort of fixture that Jimenez um, does well in. You said it yourself earlier that he chooses, oh. over he goes Mars, that he chooses his fixtures. You know, that game will be high scoring, it will be open. I know, but his ceiling is never that high. Who are you going to captain otherwise? I don't know. My imaginary high scoring player who doesn't actually exist because I only going to have three other players play. They're all going to be injured or, you know, COVID ridden. So, so Kylie's going to captain Jimenez. I'm going to captain Kane and Mars. I mean, no one cares about your team. So uh, yeah, I think we're done. <laughs> cool. Uh, has anyone actually decided on their moves or made them already? So uh, no, I've done them. I've done them. So I did. Uh, I did Werner and uh, Dean. 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 I don't want to get that number again. Dingy out for uh, Sace and um, um, Kane. Obviously. Uh, I don't, uh, barring some bizarre thing on a press conference, uh, I can't see any reason why I'd do any more transfers. I, I, I rolled too. So, um, you know, that would be my team, Kane captain. 
Good to go. Oh, did you roll? Oh, that's annoying. I'm playing in the head-to-head. Yeah, I'm on minus four. So I did um, Werner, who's going to score a brace now. And uh, who did I take? Podence for Son and uh, Brewster. And Brewster starting. Uh, if he doesn't play, oh. then oh well. Yeah, I know. I know. But I mean, look, they need to play somebody. They're not scoring. And uh, he's been with them now for three weeks. And uh, they got Fulham. So let's see. Uh, they need to win something. Yeah, I was going to do a similar move in that I was going to do Marshall and Podence out for Son and uh, Watkins kind of person, but I, I've actually been priced out of that, so I don't know what I'm going to do now. Um, cry. Captain Jimenez is what you're going to do. Well, I have to figure out my transfers. I've got the terrible Marshall in there that needs to be dealt with. Jimenez is already in my team, so I'll, okay. I'll, I'll work that out. Cool. Uh, I think we've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Okay, so I think that really is all that we've got time for on tonight's show. Uh, we have been Kylie, who you can find at Kylie FPL, Mars, who you can find at Mars05, Hindu Monkey, who you can find at Hindu Monkey, and, of course, the absent Don, who you can find at the Marple Curse. And, of course, please make sure that you're following our group account, that is at Three Amigos FPL. And we also ask that if you enjoy the pod, could you please give it a five-star review on iTunes? It's the best way to say thank you and show your support for the show. So thanks, as always, for listening and your continued support. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.